the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. Every who down in Hoover liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch laughed in his throat, and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. And he chuckled and clucked. What, what, a, what a great Grinchy trick. <laughs> This coat and this hat, I look just like Saint Nick. <laughs> All I need is a reindeer. The Grinch looked around, but since reindeer are scarce, there was none to be found. Did that stop the old Grinch? simply said, if I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he called his dog, Max. Then he took some red thread and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ramshackle sleigh, and he hitched up old Max. Then the Grinch said, yep! And the sleigh started down toward the homes where the Hoos lay a snooze in their town. Between them, 
biscuits, drums, checkerboard, tricycles, popcorn, and plums. And he stuffed them in bags. And the Grinch, very nimbly, stuffed all the bags, one by one, up the chimney. Then he slugged to the icebox.
Why? God had told Jonah to go and prophesy against Nineveh, and Jonah was afraid to do it, and he ran away. So God sent me after him, as if you can run away from God. Time? Time what for? To get your ship. Depends where you're going. Anywhere. Away from here. Anywhere. Sort of cruise like? Yes, that's right. Well, we ain't going to Tarshish. Not any good to you? It's not near Nineveh, is it? Nineveh? Bless your heart, no. Nineveh? Why, that's... Well, I don't rightly know where that is, but it ain't nowhere near Tarshish. Good. Good. To Tarshish, then. Anywhere that's away from Nineveh. Up aboard, then. Fast off, like the look of the weather, Mr. Andromedes. We're going to run into a storm, sir. Uh, collect the passengers amidships, Mr. Andromedes, and wait for further orders. Aye, aye, sir. You, sir. Where are you from? I am an Egyptian, sir. Tell me, Egyptian, did you cause this storm? You or your gods? No, sir. Not I, no my god. Well, you better pray that it goes away or it may sink us. Pray to your gods to abate the storm. I will. I, I will. Pray! All of you down on your knees and pray! Pray to your gods that the storm may abate and spare us all! Pray! Pray! Is everybody here? No, sir. There's a man called Jonah. He's not here. Where is he? He's below, sir. Asleep. 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 I'll not stand for it. Let him obey my orders and come on deck. He's got to pray. We've all got to pray. No one can be excused. This storm has been sent by someone's God, and I want to know who's. Get this Jonah up here at once. Aye, aye, sir. Go on, pray, if you value your miserable hides. Get on your knees and pray. Asleep. I am here. Then get over there with the rest of them and pray. Pray to your God, whatever his name is, to get us all out of this mess. So, Flatback Plastic, UniRadio.fm. <laughs>
Life Night Blessing on Uni Radio, Dad FM.
You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. It's Wednesday. It's high noon. I am high because I just had a big sip, about a half a bottle of the Alta California Botanicals Anxiety Tincture. I am feeling no anxiety whatsoever about the show today, uh, about anything, really. Thanks, Alta California Botanicals. I am joined by my co-host, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wind. Good morning. I mean, afternoon. Yeah. High noon, baby. High I like noon. that purple eyeliner you're wearing. Thank you. You all can't see it on the... Is it purple or is it blue? You're looking super 80s. You look yeah. Like... It's because of David Bowie. That's all. It, I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Colors. Colors. Uh, things are going to be okay, everybody. We still can listen to his music. We're also joined today by Steve Poggi. Back again like a bad penny. <laughs> Steve Poggi, comedian extraordinaire. Uh, so that means we have two misery people in the house. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They lost the Rams. They're gone. Oh, that is really messed up, dude. Like, what are they going to do with the arena? They're going to turn it, it into junk. Who, who fucking cares? Let's, the Chargers are leaving, too. What are they going to do with the um, Oco or, or whatever they I have no idea. What. I, I, yeah, I forget what their stadium's called. Yeah, it's it, not Orca. No, it's not The Orca. Oco is the Colise- right. Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. Raider Nation, which we heard they might or might not be leaving. None of this interests me that much. I just have to listen to my boyfriend talk about it all the time, so I'm like, you it's gotta, one of those you things. You gotta get an earful. The only reason why the lambs interest me is because it, they came in 95, and they at least have went to, they've won one Super Bowl, and they've went to two. Yeah. And the thing is, St. Louis is in the shithole as it is with what's going on. And the the one thing that at least can pull St. Louis's together was like football, like sports, like people love the cards and all that shit. And now that the lambs are gone, it kind of it's kind of bittersweet. Kind of sucks. People are gonna be fighting in the streets again. Yeah. Killing each other. I mean, I guess no this one is one way to unite people in St. Louis, like black, white, brown, whatever, that everyone's pissed off. So that's one way so they can burn the stadium together. Burn the stadium That's together. called unity. Burning the stadium together. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, the thing is that maybe the United States does need a big war so that we can... It seems like we don't... Um, I, I don't know. I, I say reuse it, repurpose it for another thing, but it seems like too. we just knock it down and make something better. Yeah. Uh, like they tried to do in Santa Clara. Oh, yeah. And that shithole where they're going to be having the 50th Super Bowl, this calling time. it San Francisco. It fucking pisses me off. That's not yeah. San Francisco. They've got the 50 in front of the city hall. And every time I go by it now, people are taking pictures in front of it. Oh, look, 50. Super Bowl 50 is in San Francisco. No, it's not. It's in Santa Clara. It's in Santa Clara. It's not here. I used to be able to look at Candlestick from my my house and it's really sad it was just like if they would have just had one more year if they could have had the 50th celebration there what's happened with candlestick do we blow that up it's gone they blew it up yeah yeah well they took they they done blowed it up they didn't blow up blow it up because the neighborhood was like they didn't want they were worried about asbestos and what have you with all the dust sure so they took it 
uh, Cousin down. Festus and his asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they took it down piece by piece like a Lego. Uh. And so, and it came down pretty quick. I went by there and took pictures and what have you. It was, that was really sad too. I don't even like football. And like, just like the fact that I'm like, oh, candlestick's gone, you know. And then now, you know, you have it at the stadium in Santa Clara. It's, that's not it's the same not thing. San Francisco it's not 49ers. San Francisco. That's that's like it's a suburb. It's a suburb, absolutely. Yeah, it's okay, whatever. I'm upset about it too. It's so stupid. And and you know what? You're gonna be really upset when the Super Bowl, when all those people come. Oh my God! You're gonna get it. (laughs) Well, maybe I'll go down and I'll pass out flyers for the Mutiny Radio 2016 Comedy Festival. Do that. And I'll be like, hey, you're from out of town? Oh, you're from Texas? We have a Texas comedian coming. Stick around. Yeah. Well, during uh, the Super Bowl week, that's the highest uh, like time for prostitution. Oh, sweet. I can make some money. Anything. Yeah. So if you want to get out there and fucking shake your meat fan, yeah, people will pay for it. I was thinking about stripping on the weekends. Warren Sapp got busted after the last Super Bowl with two hookers. That's the thing, man. If you're going to get hookers and you're famous, you have to pay them. All right, you can't just Didn't try to pay. not pay the stripper or the hookers, because uh, no, hookers got diff- feelings. Hookers got feelings. Um, <laughs> stripping and hooking is different though, because yeah. right, one of right, them right. you just wipe your vagina juices on them, and one of them, they right. wipe their penis juices in you. So it's a little bit <laughs> there different. There was a, there was some strip club in the east side of Illinois that my buddy was obsessed the with. The Roxy. And I, I wanted maybe that was it. No, I, there was. A, it's not Pink Slip because that's the black one. No, it was Pink a rundown slip. one though, but. Circle. I used to hang out on the east side. That's what I'm trying yeah. to go through though. Maybe it was wrong, but the the guy's hook to try to get people to go was, uh, you can get your nose wet for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> That's gross. What tell people. Like, oh, I don't think I want to join that. If it oh. was the Roxy, that was my favorite one. I used to go there and have coffee. I wanna. I can't remember <laughs> where. The first time I went into a strip club in St. Louis, like when I turned old enough, uh, we walked in, and like I looked over to the left. And there was a uh, like a cocktail waitress, and there was this big trucker guy, and she was like sticking a beer bottle in his ass. Oh, and uh, wow. my joke was, uh, "Hey, it's prison with a cover charge." Come on <laughs> in. Wow. And he liked it. Yeah. I just can't, I I just can't. I don't I don't understand why people like to stick the things up their butts now. Like, you know, if. If I'm on top and you want to grab my ass a little and kind of go and you're sort of skirting the edges there, that's fine. But don't. What are we? What are we putting things in there for? I think people just get bored. Yeah, boredom. You bored. can only put your inflatable blow-up fist in so many holes before you're like, <laughs> well, let's stick it in the old butt. Let's see what we get out of that one. Wow. Uh, so today on the AltaCast, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, uh, we're going to talk about failed and successful. Uh, stories and trials with sobriety. Sobriety. Because uh, yeah. comedian Steve Poggi right now is working on, uh, hasn't had a drink in two weeks, is it now? Yeah, well, it, it's different though. I'm not considering that sobriety. Like, what, I got in trouble a while back with that whole felony burglary thing. Which, if you want to hear that story, go to my website, stevepoggi.com, <laughs> download my CD, Felony Funny. And uh, you can hear that whole thing. But after that, I took shit really seriously. And I was like, oh, dude, I got a fucking crazy-ass problem. But uh, so I was sober for two years. But I was, like, preachy sober. Like, like, you know, this is the way of the light. This is what everyone needs to do. And you were I'll never AA. drink again. You were going to AA? 
I was going to AA, but I wasn't really using like the 12-step program. Like I was just going there and like talking about stuff. And it felt like good to go. Like it felt like okay. You were just using it for comedy time. You're but, just using uh, it for stage time. You know, one of the things that really upset me about that is the, the AA class that I went to, one week you would go to and it would be like a discussion. And then the next week you would listen to a speaker from like a cassette tape. And they put in this cassette tape and it was all fucking hack jokes oh. that the speaker was using like like I called the hotel front desk I said uh, there's a leak in my sink and she said go ahead or like like cheesy fucking oh, shit like that would that. make you want to drink and I knew the comic that did that stuff in St. Louis so I was like did he steal it from him or did he st-? but after that I was like Ugh. and I, I was good I didn't I didn't drink for two years and then I, I broke up with this chick that I was obsessed with this fucking beautiful blonde-haired minx, and uh, she crushed me, and I, I fucking brought the beast back. Oh, that's this, all it takes, huh? Yeah, this is like, this isn't necessarily sobriety, because it's just like, I want to make healthier decisions. Like, I, I think of it more of like, if I eat a big thing of spaghetti, I'm gonna get heartburn. <laughs> so if I drink a bunch of booze, the chances of me having, you know, panic attack or anxiety become higher like the past year my physiology has changed in my body and now i need to take better care of it yeah you're you becoming an adult yeah well i'm gonna buy a happening. gun and then i'll be an adult <laughs> <laughs> that's scary yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward to that nine millimeter beretta i'm in the market you're not wow. kidding no, no <laughs> you're not, not shitting I, I don't believe in the whole gun thing i think it's a terrible idea i love guns yeah, I, everyone loves guns. You're an American. It's it's built into your DNA. You're goddamn right. It's built I, in there. I like bows and arrows. Yeah, but that's just yeah. in my blood. Good luck shooting a burglar with a bow. <laughs> Good luck trying to get that Beretta from like the lock. You know. Oh no, there's locked no away. lock box. I don't have children. <laughs> I'm gonna have it ready to go. <laughs> oh, dude. I, that's I, where accidents happen. I was Absolutely. talking to my, uh, my my idiot roommate who's uh, been kind of famous amongst my friends for the dumb shit that he says and he does. <laughs> and uh, I was telling him, like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to get a gun. And he was like, one time I stayed in this motel room and it was so sleazy that I took my gun and I duct taped it into my hand. Oh, my God. Wow. I was like, dude, that's the most insane that shit is crazy. I've ever heard in my life. You have to really be careful how you sleep. Damn. Yeah. I Shoot like, you in like, the can face. Can you just set it on the nightstand? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's gotta be that is like a horrible, that's a bad idea. I'd roll around in my sleep. I'd shoot something. Dude, I'd shoot my face. I would definitely shoot something. Uh, accidentally shoot my cat, shoot someone down the hall. I just watched a terrible, terrible movie on the Netflix called uh, Last Shift about this nice new this nice new police lady who's in this thing and all this scary stuff happens with ghosts and at the very end spoiler alert just don't watch it it only got one and a half stars anyways but she accidentally shoots these guys that were coming in to clean all three of them and then she gets shot because the other policeman comes in and it's like everybody dies everybody dies that's the moral of guns everybody dies sometimes yeah uh so stories of sobriety it's working out for you right now. Yeah. Well, one of the things I did enjoy about AA is all the alcoholic construction workers that would come in, missing fingers because they were drunk. Oh, my God. Took them off. Drunk at work, lost hands. Oh, yeah. Well, Time to not get hands, but more like fingers. Like fingers. They'd have a bunch of stubs. and grime. Stubby. Wow. I had to go to AA for a minute um, 
only because it was part of the court-ordered thing for my DUI. Ditto. And uh, that was only in San Diego, though. Once I came up here to San Francisco, they did not require that, which was great. It was just a San Diego thing. Did you ever find the AA kind of scary? I found it kind of scary with all the God and Jesus stuff. The God and Jesus stuff bothered me. I liked the cookies and juice. (laughs) Um... I just didn't like how it made me feel like church and it made yeah. me feel really guilty. And the first one I went to, like, I just kind of sat there and cried and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> um, and I was, it was awful. And they're like, tell us why you're here. And I'm like, I'm stupid. I got a DUI and now they're making me do this for my court ordered thing. Will you sign it? Will you sign my card yeah. so I can get out of here? Thanks for the juice and cookies. Um, but, you know, listening to people's stories, didn't. it doesn't help me want to be sober. It just, I don't ever want to be sober. I don't, I'm, there's a reason why I don't have to be sober, and it's because I'm never going to have children, so that I can drink as much as I want whenever I want to. And you don't have a car. I don't have a car. So I don't have a problem with it. I really, really enjoy drinking. And there haven't been too many, like, negative repercussions since the DUI and since sort of changing my lifestyle to accommodate, you know, the mass consumption of alcohol. And not the mass consumption. I mean, I'm not like, last night I drank a pitcher of beer. I don't think that's that crazy on a no. Tuesday. No. You didn't do shots. And I don't do shots. Yeah, not anymore. I'm an adult. It wasn't like you were going all like Keith Richards with like a bottle of Jack Daniels in your hand trying to no. swig the whole bottle. No. I mean, you know, I just... Even I, 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 I've been, I was talking to Poji and saying like, I'm trying to take a break oh, a week from alcohol. Mine is just vanity. I just want to lose some weight. Dude, <laughs> oh, I've lost yes, so yeah. much weight. Yeah. Cause I, I haven't drank at all since 2016. So I've, I've lost about 15, 17 pounds Be- between the weight you lose from the alcohol and then just not having the, you know, be, being better about your diet and not being yeah. like, oh, I'm all fucked up. I better get, you know, a basket of tater tots. And, <laughs> Grease. Yeah, a cheeseburger with a grilled cheese sandwich in it. <laughs> That's when it gets bad. Yeah, I mean, the, it's to me, it's all about vanity. And it is it, and that has something to do with your health as well. So that's why, because, you know, I noticed during the Christmas season, I was ultra depressed. And so I found out there's this app called Saucy where you have liquor delivered to you. Oh. Yeah. And I took advantage of that for about two weeks and uh, couldn't get out of bed. But I was drinking the hell of, out of Cook's Brute sparkling wine and i was just i was just really down the dumps and then i was talking to a friend he's like yeah i'm gonna take a break for two weeks and he's a hardcore drinker and i'm like dude if that guy can do it i can do it too so it kind of motivated me to like you know i've noticed i've like kind of gained a little weight since and i'm like you know what fuck this the booze will still be there let me uh, you know, lose some weight or something. Well, vanity sobriety. I mean, there's, I guess, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways to stay sober, and vanity sobriety is one, one of them. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, my biggest problem with the AA, uh, like, other than, like, the super, like, religious, like, God stuff, uh, was this sense of, like, y- you have this disease that you're going to live with the rest of your life. I couldn't handle being like, oh, I'm going to be, f- I'm just fucked up for life, and I just got to carry this cross. But I've seen other people where it's like, dude, you are, you have a disease. <laughs> like, you are fucked up for life. But I, I never felt like that. So, it, but to have like no like recovery, like never be fully recovered, to always live with that, it just seemed like you were in this like weird state. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. It, it also bothers me, and it's like that. Um, maybe we'll watch a clip in a little, or listen to a clip from the. Um, 
the South Park where the dad goes to AA and he's like, that's it, it's a disease, I can't help it. And he just keeps getting drunker and drunker, I can't help it. And I, I feel like it is sort of a cop out. <laughs> it's not me, it's God, it's in the hands of God. I can't do anything, you weak piece of shit. You can't, it's not me, it's, I'm powerless. I need a higher power so I won't drink. Seriously. Some people do, man. Some people get so fucked up. But what's wrong with them that they can't say, oh, I am am a human being with thoughts and feelings. People that blame things. Now, I don't believe in the existence of a God anymore because I was raised to believe in it. And I I, I drank the Kool-Aid, hook, line, and sinker. And now what I say is that there is no God and you people are just weak. And it's a disease. You know, it's a disease if you get to the point where you have DTs and you can't live your life without drinking alcohol because you're so shaky shaky that you could have a seizure that's when it's a disease but it's still not in the hands of god it was in your hands you and you couldn't handle it uh and it's the same thing when you're if you're addicted to heroin you're fucking addicted to heroin and it's not like i'm just gonna stop because your body is like i need this heroin but are any of us like that far down the road right now i don't think so i mean some don't get me wrong like that's the big thing about it is everyone's shit is completely different so Mm -hmm. if you don't have a good way of being honest with yourself or looking at yourself in like a you know reflective manner then you're gonna be fucked but i feel like a lot of these people that get super far down the rabbit hole it's more of like a self-punishment like it's like it's not suicide but it's like like, like I said, I was sober for two years, and I broke up with this girl, and then I felt bad, and she had, like, cheated on me, so then depressed. I felt worthless, so then it was like, I'm just gonna fucking shove this shit in my face and get all fucked up, Yeah. Right. and uh, I did for a long time, but man, fuck it, I've been tased, hit in the head with fucking <laughs> bottles, There's mazed. also, there's also the fact that a lot of, you know, people turn to, like, drugs and alcohol because of trauma, you know, childhood trauma and other things that have happened in their past, that I noticed even when I went to... Uh, AA <laughs> because of my DUI and I you know they I, I never heard anyone in that whole group when I would go talk about like anything to do with their childhood huh. you know and yeah. I think that has something to do with why people do what they do there's something traumatic that has happened to you that you go so down in the hole and it, it you might have it like in a black box in your head one day and then all of a sudden there's something that unleashes it and all that comes back to you and then you go down the downward spiral basically and i don't i don't think a lot of like aa they don't talk about that as much yeah i feel like it's a lot of people who have had something horrific happen to them and they refuse to accept it as reality yeah so then I, i think that's where you get a lot of the uh suppressed stuff absolutely and uh because when i i remember when i was going through it i described it as like imagine like you're standing in a river right and then like your problems and your thoughts are like these boxes that are floating down the river and you see this huge big box and you're like oh god this is gonna be a big ass fucking problem what the hell and you open it up and then it's not that bad you're like oh fuck that's all right but then you see like a little like ring box floating down you're like ah look at this dicky thing like oh my god there's something intense in here yeah this is really fucking me up yeah it's it, yeah I definitely I like that metaphor see I don't drink because I'm trying to escape anything I drink because I'm fucking bored and I why yeah. why do I smoke so much weed because the world is a boring lackluster place it's not fun and I just have much more fun when I'm high yeah that's pretty much it like you know what babysitting it's okay 
babysitting when you're high is fucking fun. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to a park. I'm going to walk around with you, and we're going to play on the playground. I'm going to follow you around. I hang out with a two-year-old, and he is so entertaining when I'm high on weed. <laughs> now, I would, I would never show up drunk to a nanny gig, but I, I'm, I'm always high. And... And and then someone might say, "Oh, well, you have a problem with marijuana." No, no I think don't. I think marijuana is the motherfucking solution. It is a solution. I don't believe in that. Uh, come on now, you can. I run when I'm stoned. I Absolutely. clean when I'm stoned. I work when I'm stoned, and I can handle it because I know I know how my body functions. I know my body. I think a lot of people don't know their body. That's the problem, sure. and they're so used to people preaching to them about, well, this is what that does, and they say okay, and they run with it rather than like, well, let me see how my body will perform with this, and I'll make my own decision. You're. People are robots. They're used to everyone making decisions for them. Right. And that's the yeah. problem. And when it comes to alcohol, I was raised Catholic. Catholics drink. So, I mean, I, I was drinking when I was a kid. So, I mean, it was nothing to me in high school when people were getting drunk. I wasn't getting drunk. I was getting high <laughs> and taking ecstasy. I had surpassed that already. And now I notice I do drink a lot more, but it's not... Maybe You're a bartender. I'm a bartender, and I did. I just admitted that I was depressed, and I took advantage. And I, the thing is, I'm not in denial about that. And I knew I'm like, let me get out of this hole. You know, yeah. I, it's those. It's just those things where it's just like I'm not gonna let this take. You know, take control. You know, I'm not gonna use this as a clutch. I'm. I was. I was sad for a couple weeks. Get the fuck over it. Keep going. Go for a run. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, it is. It is like Pam says because now, like, because uh, I've completely eliminated drinking, and then uh, with marijuana, it's like I'm probably at like three or four percent of where I was to where like, like yesterday I didn't really smoke till like later on in the evening to when because I because it does fuck with my sleep. That's the biggest change so far with the pot is not smoking. Like it's hard to go to sleep, but. I've, I've hit that point now to where it's like everything feels really fucking boring. Nothing. Like, my favorite thing to do would be to, you know, smoke a joint and then go lay in the bed and watch Cosmos and fall asleep. Like, that was my absolute favorite thing. But you lose that thing. So then, it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so things are becoming kind of boring. Well, I need to make them more exciting then. You know, I need to just throw myself into something silly because I was into Christmas music and all kinds of shit. And uh, so th that's why, like, with this date thing that I'm going on. Uh, we're, me and this chick, we're going to go to Point Reyes, oh, nice. and then we're going to walk around. But then I decided to make this game for, like, while we're walking around of just, like, goofy shit, because she's also a comic. So That's, uh, that's sweet. Yeah, I know. I, I told, I told my boyfriend, Jonathan, last night, I'm like, can you just, can you see what he's doing here? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was like, that's you. That's game. It's game. Well, he never, my, my boyfriend, as this girl who he's going on a date with, she's never really dated, but I never dated either. I've never, no one ever dated me. Like when I was in college, I went to frat parties and I met a guy who I, who liked me and then we ended up getting married. We never went on dates. We didn't, no one's trying to woo me. There's no wooing. No one yeah. woos anymore. It's the, the only woo, yeah. the, the only, the woo that you get is like, woo, come over here. Or woo, I just swiped right on your face. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no more like wooing. It's like. Or the wooing is basic. Like, I'll take you to dinner. I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. that. No, yeah. one, no one ever even oh. takes me to dinner. No one ever did that because, and so all that, I missed all that awkward dating stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a job. 
That's what my that's what my good friend Katie says it's is that job. she was dating for a while. She dated all last summer on the OK Cupid, and she's like, it's a full time job. It is. It's and like, she started drinking a lot more because what else do you do? You don't want to go out to coffee with a dude. That's dumb. No, there are a lot of people that do coffee dates. I'm like, fuck that. Let's drink. I'm like, yeah. I've, I've never been. I've never when I was dating, and I kind of miss it. I like the fact that you just put all your cards on the table, and sometimes when you're drinking, that real person comes out. Right. You know when you're having coffee and tea together and you're having the daytime date you know you're trying to put on you're you're staging each other you're like actors you're you're actors we're acting right now what do you do no what do you do that's why you gotta be drunk for that shit fuck that let's have some wine yeah some weed talk and you know get shit space and see what happens you might get lucky i don't know i've just uh, i've always been that kind of girl i don't see that's what i like about being a comic and having this happen with another comic is because when you're a comic there's always like a little bit of awkwardness in your life because you're crazy enough to think that you can walk up to a room full of strangers and make them just have a good time for seven minutes or five minutes so it's like with that it's like all right let me let me push something out there that's kind of weird where like a regular civilian would be like oh my god can (laughs) i believe that you said that and whereas with the comic it's like i accept your challenge and i will you know, return to that. That, that makes it fun. Yeah. You know. Fun. Fun without drinking. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, you guys can have fun without drinking if you drink Alta California Botanicals, <laughs> the best tink in the biz. If you don't know what tincture is, go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. Six different methods to help you be well. Laughter is the second best medicine. Alta California Botanicals is the first. Uh, they're also one of the sponsors of the... 2016 Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's going to be here at the station. 25 shows in five days, March 2nd through 6th. It's going to be awesome. You can buy your tickets right now on universe.com. And if you buy a day pass and you tweet us or Google Plus us, you get a 5% discount. But not if you buy individual tickets, only if you buy the day pass. So you've got to But the day pass means you could go to all five shows for a mere $35. And if you do all the extra tweeting and twatting, then it's only $30. You get to see five hours of amazing comedy uh, from 24 international and national comedians and 20 in-town comedians. It's going to be a really good time. And they probably will be drinking. And And one of the good things uh, about Alta California, too, is they're one of the few tinkatures that actually have a uh, sticker on there that gives you a breakdown of how much of each cannabinoid is in each batch so you can get a more approximate idea of what you're ingesting what you're taking in and it's not just about t- like if you want to get thc and you want to get high you, you have that option but then there's other cannabinoids and acids from the plants that are kind of utilized for you to help you with specific things so like one thing like even though i'm sober now uh and i'm not sober just you know enjoying my health uh <laughs> i i still will uh use the anxiety relief uh which is uh mainly cbd there's trace amounts of other cannabinoids in it but it's focused more on just the cbd which is what you're hearing a lot of in the news with the uh the medical people and solving seizures and stuff yeah, like that. yeah seizures kids with uh epilepsy and um they their lives have been changed by taking a combination of cannabinoids but specifically uh, cbd is one of them but in combination with like thca for pain and all these other things it's really quite amazing stuff science science and if you have questions if you're if you're trying to cure something specific or if you really want to remedy like uh you know something within you you can always give us a buzz on the the hotline bling 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we don't have that information directly for you, we can definitely get it for you for what would be best for you to take. And there's uh, some new ones coming out on the horizons to aid with insomnia and other and things, too. CBD, CBDA is the new thing. So THCA is the acids of THC, and if you heat it up, it becomes THC. It's like when the plant is growing, it's the part of the plant that's like, hey, grow, grow, grow. And it's the acids of the plant. And it's a massive anti-inflammatory. It's really good for you. It deals with pain. But if you heat it up, it turns into THC, nightmare juice. Uh, but now there's CBDA, so it's the acids of the plant before it flowers when it's specifically a CBD strain. And this stuff is supposedly off the charts. They're bringing it in to us today, I believe. We're going to be guinea pigging it. And you'll love this. It works for weight loss. That's the one that I remember you were CBDA. Yeah. Just this one of the guys who works the, up there at the farm uh, and with the Alta California Botanicals, he said he's like lost 40 pounds and he's attributing it to the CBDA wow. and I was like dude Al if you've got a weight loss cannabinoid you can make a million dollars like it's yeah, gonna make yeah. more than one that, million yeah. dollars and that's why I always tell people like it's it's not uh like if you want to get high you can get high but you know I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody who's never smoked pot or drank to do so but at the same time if you want I would never tell anybody to go pharmaceutical routes or things like that so it's right. like if you're looking for the holistic approach to uh, you know, a better wellness and a better being, I think this is a great place to start. You got to yeah. do a little bit of experimenting because it's still, you know, on the the cusp of science and coming out of what things can and can't do, and it does react differently for different people. You know, like with the right. the THC, the euphoria. I hate that shit. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even like looking at the bottle. But Pam loves it. I a love lot it. Of I love, love it. Yeah, I love it. So I mean, it just fuck depends. that, dude. That is a panic attack in a bottle. <laughs> It's, and you experience that, so that's why oh, it's just dude. like, yeah. It took me to the fucking nether realms, and I never want to go back there. <laughs> Halt to California Botanicals, bringing you to the nether realms. Uh, so they're, they're one of the sponsors of the festival, but another sponsor is PBR, which is very exciting. Yeah, I got a Paps um, hat. A we'll Paps hat? Yeah, yeah still supporting it. Support, nice. support PBR. Uh, also, Asiento up the street from us, they are going to be, if you say that you're coming from the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival anytime during the festival, they're going to give you happy hour prices all night. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Um, there's a special party on um, Thursday the 4th at the Eagle SF. They're one of our sponsors, and they're going to be hooking us up. Um, also, Subliminal SF is doing all of our artwork, uh, auditory and visual mind control. And then Brainwash is another one of our sponsors, and they're having a special show on Saturday the 5th, which supposedly he's going to have free beer at it. He's getting another sponsor for that, too, so it should be exciting. And I'm, I'm trying to work it out to see if it's possible. I still have to look at my schedule and uh, film shooting because I'm shooting Pete's uh, feature-length film during this time. Ooh. But uh, I might be able to... Uh, uh, transport people back and forth from places or to home with the van wow. uh, as an added luxury. So instead of buying an Uber or something, it might be like two bucks or something per person to anywhere in SF. So nice. It's gonna nice. be a whole shindig. Get a shovel. A We're digging. We're digging. <laughs> it's hopefully everything works out and it's gonna be a good time. It will. So go get go get your tickets and support us here at Mutiny Radio. So you guys are listening to the AltaCast right now. I am joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, Win uh, guest. Steve Poggi, I'm Pam Benjamin. We're going to listen to a little uh, Amy Winehouse, and then we'll be right back. I mean, why not play yeah. some rehab, right? right, right. Yeah. And yeah. we'll come back with some more sobriety stories. I, I don't have any like personal ones, but I know people <laughs> who've tried it unsuccessfully. <laughs> All right. Enjoy 
It's um, Amy Winehouse. She's dead. Oh, no, it's really sad. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they try to make me go to rehab. Not for our friend Amy, but she's dead now. Yeah, she. I think she probably should have went for. <laughs> well, and that's what I learned. Um, one of the girls that I nanny for, who is just a doll, um, she was listening to the song Rehab, and her mom 
but she's I think nine now or ten and her mom said do you know what that song's about and she was like yeah um, she was doing too many drugs and they wanted to put her in a place and she said no and I'm like wow oh. you know at that age and then I said oh well you know but Amy Winehouse she was doing all these drugs and that's when the mom told me she's like she died of alcoholism and I'm like no she's like she died of a heart attack because she was consuming so much alcohol I didn't think that that was I didn't think that was a possible thing. Oh, yeah. Alcohol can kill you. I mean, we've said this so many times before about things in moderation. Right. You know, and that's that's what it, I mean, she took it to the next level. That's what happened, you know, and it's unfortunate. It really is because you hear about people ODing on like, you know, drug, like heroin and stuff. But alcohol is actually one of the scariest things to get. It's hard to get off of. It's really hard. It's like, the only thing you can die from withdrawal. With everything else, you'll feel like you're going to die, but alcohol is the only thing with, with withdrawal. Yeah, actually, actually die. die, yeah. So I um, I drank a lot in college. I was um, I hung out with uh, my then-boyfriend, who became my husband. He was the president of his fraternity. He was a white fraternity. He was black. Didn't matter. <laughs> I am a girl, and I hung out with him all the time. And I drank... I mean, I was drinking like... I don't know. I'm going to guess... Because I would shotgun beers. I'm going to say I was drinking about 18 beers a night. Like 18 Natty Lights. And at the time, I was in college and I was a dance minor. And I was pushing 150 pounds. I was about 148 or whatever. But I was working out all all the time and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, why? Why am I, why am I so big right now when I work out so much? And it's just that the calorie intake alone of the 18 beers a night I was drinking. And these were like Natty Lights. So it wasn't like, you know, now I have four IPAs and I'm tossed because it's higher alcohol. It's, I don't even know how many calories are in that. But I, okay, so I was hanging out with all these guys. I was, I was really good at shotgunning beers and it was like a game. Like, oh, look, pink, shotgun a beer. <laughs> it's so funny. And then beer bonging, all of that. I was very, very good at it. I excel, I excel at drinking. I'm very good at it. Uh, but when we started getting older and we were out of college, I was still friends with the same guys who were in that fraternity because my husband moved on. He kept the same friends and they did football. They all got season tickets for the Chargers together and they were doing this. And there's one friend who was like, he used to be so much fun in the life of the party and just a really nice guy. And then there was this woman that he met and he decided to marry her. And I told him, I wrote him a letter. I was like, don't marry this lady she's your life is going to be ruined and he was like no i think i love her i think this is it this is it this is the one and then like shortly after the wedding they had their first kid and then they ended up having two kids after that and he hit his alcoholism so well he was drinking he finally got in trouble for it because he was drinking out of a water bottle at work and it was vodka and he was like bouncing down he, he he wanted to be a dentist he ended up selling insurance so he married this woman who was like not nice he had a bunch of kids that he i'm sure he loves his kids now but and he was living this life selling insurance that was just making him so unhappy that he was constantly drinking vodka he had one in the car he had one under his bed he had one at work in the drawer and so when everybody finally found out and he's like hey i'm an alcoholic we were like nah and he was like in that withdrawal thing like where he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he had to have that bottle of vodka under the bed because he'd start seizuring but the thing that brought him there was that he was so depressed because his life was so not what he wanted it to be and like 
is that like where so much of our drinking stems from? Is like yes. I just it, I'm not happy. But see, it's different for me. For me, it's different for you because you're social. I'm, I, I, this is I, what you, what you're doing because the majority of your days are spent with working at the station, doing your comedy. And it's 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 mostly social. It's not because like you know I, I went to a Christian school and I'm mad, so I'm going to keep drinking, or I don't you know I don't get along with my parents, so I'm going to drink. No, it's because the fact of the matter is what you're doing. You the environment that you're in is social, yeah. and so that's. I mean, that's that's part of what it is, you know, just like how I bartend. That's part of what it is, you know, so it but what you're talking about with your friend, that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people go through. But they're in denial because, again, like I was talking about, like how people are, you know, he conformed. Right. That's the problem. The people who try to conform, you know, go to college, get married, have kids. Sell insurance. Sell insurance. Buy a house. Buy a house. I mean, there's so many unhappy stories of like that conformity. Get a get a GMC suburban thing. Yeah, exactly. Those people are (laughs) that suburban life. A lot of those people are miserable. That's why they pop pills and they drink and they hide it really well. Absolutely. Until until the point where you can't hide it anymore. Right. Because they conformed and they're now miserable. And I'm not saying that's their fault or anything else. I think it's society that says, well, this is what you're supposed to do in order to be successful and you you're a robot so do it and they do it and look what happens and then they're not happy and then they have to break outside the See? box speaking of not happy so amy winehouse death was listed as a coroner by death of misadventure uh and her blood alcohol content was 0.416 0.416 when i blew after my car got flipped uh, three times and they dug me out and they gave me a breathalyzer, I was at .153. And that was four hours after my last drink. Yeah, like she, they said that uh, the unintended consequences of such a potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. Jesus, man. It's a heart attack from death of misadventures. Your body just goes, there's so much booze in here, we're just shutting down. Yeah, we can't target, breathe anymore. Fuck you, get out. <laughs> I, I had a friend who died in San Diego because he was drinking with um, Vicodin. He had taken like 12 oh. Vicodin and he was drinking whiskey. He had like 12 shots of whiskey and 12 Vicodin and he died. He had a, his body forgot how to breathe. It just was like, okay, bye. Yeah. Oh my God. There, there's, there's been a ton of stories like that. I know one guy who uh, drinking and took pills and he was so sedated that he like rolled over like face down on the couch. And he ended up smothering himself. <gasps> so fucked up that he couldn't get out. Whoa, of Jesus! So yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to fucking lose with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially, it's like one thing, like you said, if you're drinking to have fun, hang out with people, or if you're drinking, you know, because you have a water bottle full of vodka at your insurance office. Yeah. Or because you have to dress up like Chuck E. Cheese and be around the kids. <laughs> well, that would kind of be a fun job. The drunk mouse is back. <laughs> <laughs> Dead mouse. Um, the worst consequences that I like have from getting too drunk, and and it only happens when I don't eat dinner, and then I get too drunk, and then I I don't even throw up anymore. But the, the biggest one, and Poji said this never happens to him. I we were in the car the other day, and you're like, I can't believe someone does that. I've peed in strange places before. Uh, I've peed in plants in hotel rooms 
thinking that it was the bathroom. I've been woken up by people in a hotel room saying, that's not the bathroom, Pam. Peeing in a plant, that's happened to me. Uh, I've, I've peed in the bed. You know, that happens sometimes. Uh, but what I usually do now, Blackout Pam is smarter than, smarter than she thinks. Uh, so what happens now is if I come home and I know I'm so drunk, and I'll even sometimes pee first, but if I sleep on the floor, on the carpet, with like my hair, head's kind of buried in my hands, I tell Jonathan, my boyfriend, don't, don't move me. Don't pick me up. Don't take my pants off. Those are a sponge to wick up the urine, <laughs> you see. Don't think you're not helping by taking off my pants, okay? Because Blackout Pam is smarter than you. And she knows that she's probably going to pee. Don't put me in bed. Don't do that. No pee bed. No, don't do it. Don't want to have to because I've woken up. I woke up once and I think I, I don't know if it was Jonathan or drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. And I looked at him and I'm like, who just peed in the bed? <laughs> Did you just do that? And they're like, okay, fam, that was totally you. And then I'm like, ah! And I'm trying to like deal with all the sheets and wash them in the, <laughs> wash them in the tub, get all the hot water going. And then I'm like, then I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, fuck. Right. Oh, but no. so, if I'm ever, if you ever come across me in my house, on the floor sleeping, don't touch her. Don't touch. It's go- just leave me. Go sleep in my bed because there's not going to be any pee in it. It's going to be way better. Like, this is. It's, this would be a good reason why to wear depends. And here's here's a ridiculous thing. I have a lot of baby diapers in my house, and um, so I use them more for like if I'm having my period and I don't want to. I don't like sticking things in me when I'm sleeping. I don't. It's just weird. Unless I can't deal with it. Unless it's your boyfriend. Not relatable. Not really. But if you, I'll, I'll put the baby. I'll put the. I'll put the diaper down and I'll kind of sleep on the diaper so that I bleed on the diaper and then in the morning just kind of wipe it up. Good. Um, but I should I should do that if that ever happens again. And I wonder really the absorbency of a diaper. If is it enough to get all? I mean, because I peed in the cat box before and I really decimated an entire. Like, <laughs> it's more pee than you think it is. Like yeah. the cat pee is little pee. I wasted a lot of litter, clumping <laughs> litter by peeing in the cat box. Mistake. I think it, I, I've wore a depend before, so I think you're fine. <laughs> my, my I played a lot of role-playing computer games in the basement, which didn't have the bathroom at the time, so I peed in a lot of empty milk jugs and uh, various things. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fan of the piss jug. As tell, a delivery the story, tell the story about um, why you couldn't can't play fo- couldn't play football anymore in high school. In the uh, art yeah, so I was a, a drunk sophomore story. in high school, and uh, I, I was a troublemaker. And uh, I was in my art class, and the, like the way it was set up for finals was you would have like, uh, I believe it was two classes a day, so they were half days, but each class was two hours long. So you'd go to one two-hour class, 20-minute break, two-hour class. And I was playing football, and uh, I was in poor shape for a class, but she was like, look, Steve, <clears throat> she's like, I know you like football, you might not be into painting and sculpting, and that's fine. So what I need you to do is you're going to come in on the final, you're going to help me clean this room, you're not going to leave, you're not going to create a disturbance, I'll give you a C, and you can pass me for football. I'm like, all right, great. So, again, water bottle full of vodka. Oh, wow. Uh, I brought that in, and after my first one, I'm like, I don't have anything to do for two hours, fuck it. I was bored, right, before I even got there. So I pounded this bottle of vodka in 20 minutes with this juice, because we had a juice machine, that was when, like, 
they first started doing like the we need healthy alternatives. Fruitopia. Yeah. So. <laughs> so then uh, I get the juice and I, I fucking slam this water bottle down and I'm feeling fucking great. I get to art class and I'm cleaning and singing and having a good old time. And uh, sure enough, I've got to pee. So I'm like, I'm like her name was Miss Braun. I'm like, Miss Braun, I, I got I gotta go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. She was like, No, you are not leaving this classroom. You're not leaving my site. You're staying in here for the whole two hours. I was like, No, I really have to pee. She's like, It's too bad. I'm not, I'm not getting out. So we had this little drawing room with a sliding door, and I have these empty water bottles. <laughs> so I get a, a this knucklehead who I knew, and I have him watch the door, and I go in there. Start peeing into this bottle. But again, when you're drunk, you pee way more than you really anticipate because alcohol is also a diuretic. So I'm like filling up this water bottle. Next thing I know, I hear the door to the drying room slide open. And then I hear the teacher start screaming, He's playing with himself. He's playing with himself. Call security. He's playing with himself. And I come out of there, like, I don't even get to tuck my dick back into my pants. I just got to zip him up, pinch it off. And I'm like, What's going on, everybody? I ain't doing shit. And I hand the bottle of pee off to the guy who was supposed to wash the door who failed. And he throws it in. Back to the pee. This is where the pee comes in. He throws it into the backpack, but uh, I didn't tighten the cap on the bottle. Oh, God, no. So he got pee all over his backpack and all over his stuff. Enjoy that, Richard Rains. And, uh... So then <laughs> she calls up the security. She's like, I need someone to come up here. Uh, I got a student in the class who's masturbating. And so oh. the security comes up on their little golf carts. And of course, I know all the security officers because I've been in trouble nonstop. And so the guy's like, his name was Joe, and he was so cool. He was like, dude, you were jerking off in the class. And I was like, no, man, it was really hot. I was just adjusting myself. My boxers were all wedged up. She wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And he's like, well, you smell like vodka. And I was like, I've got a pack of gum. He's like, all right. So I put every piece from that pack of gum. It was like one of those big extra trident things. <laughs> and I've got this fishing lure full of gum in my mouth. And I'm in there. I'm talking to the principal. And he's like, dude, like this is like 45 minutes till the end of the school year. What the fuck? And I'm like, man, it was hot. You know, my shit was all bunched up. And wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. And I said, fuck it. I'll go into the laundry room and just you know, straighten my shit out. And uh, so then this cop had to come in and like oh investigate me for like some sort of like sexual crime in a public school campus kind of what? thing. And uh, he's like, he's like, you know, ask me all this stuff. Like, you know, do you do you have urges to masturbate frequently? <laughs> and all this stuff. And then finally, I was just like, I was like, officer, look, man. I was like, I just got really fucking drunk, and then I had to pee, and then she wouldn't let me out of the classroom, and so I tried to pee in this bottle, and she fucking busted me, and caught me, and said I was jerking off. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. And then he goes back and he's like, no, nah, the kid wasn't masturbating. He's like, more than 100% confident in that. He just had to adjust himself or whatever. But since I got kicked out of that classroom, she failed me for that class. Oh. And I became ineligible for the junior year football season. Treated in like varsity. Yeah, so then I, uh, I practiced the whole year through the team. And then finally, like after the first quarter when grades get like semi-reported, I was eligible again. So I'm practicing all week leading up and it turned out to be like our homecoming game. And I'm finally back on the field. I'm finally starting. The game's Friday night. Wednesday, my grandmother dies. I have to fly out to Missouri. And then the godmother who I was living with at the time calls up and goes, I can't handle living with a teenager. He's not coming back. 
and I never got to play. Oh my god. Oh yeah, but I practiced every single day and I still have my football helmet because all my gear was with my buddy and they kind of hawked over my shoulder pads and everything else like that, but he saved the helmet for me. So I Aww. That's so bittersweet. And I never played again. And I didn't want to play with other people. And why is Steve Poggi going through sobriety? Yes. <laughs> it seems that this has been, I mean, I know you're 30 now, so that was half your life ago. 31, February 25th, 32. We're getting old. You're, oh, oh, sure you are. Yeah. Aging yeah. graceful. Yep, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. I didn't start drinking till I was like, I mean, I drank because my parents always drank, but it would be like a sip of dad's beer, or they'd be like, would you like to have a glass of wine at Christmas? And I was so Christian that I didn't, I didn't do it. There was, there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house, and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. <laughs> and so I would hang out at this one house, and they would like be cool with drinking. And I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, oh, I had a couple cup of, cups of eggnog, you know. Right. But I didn't really drink in high school. And then I got to college, and I was like, I found my thing. College turns you up. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed, and I love drinking and smoking, and I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being like super stick in the mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so you, you know, there was that one almost rape, but other than that, <laughs> it was really almost. It in the well, conflict. I didn't get raped. Because the I was the thing is that I've I'm I've always been like I hung out I hang out with dudes. Like right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes. It's just been the way it is. And comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes and I just hang out with them. And I've always been that way. I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys, like that's kinda what I do or what I enjoy doing and I seem to be able to relate to them and deal with it. Frack guys and other I don't usually have girlfriends, you know, I've like a couple of close girlfriends, but mostly I hang out with dudes. Uh, so ooh, I'm high now, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> That, that shit is hitting me. The CBD and the THC are being is synergistic. roaring up out of you? They're synergistic. But, oh, so this is this is the rape story. So I was really good friends with all, like, the guys we'd hang out. And we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break. And it was the girls. And we were staying in this one place. And then there were the guys. And they were staying, like, next door. And we were all having a lot of fun. And I was like, I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes. And some of them were really cool and well, and one of them wasn't, and so I was wasted, like tequila wasted, like in oh, Rosarito, Mexico, wasted. And this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs, and he was trying to get my clothes off, and I was out. And like um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, car, they sell cars in San Diego, oh, so like the McCune family. He came upstairs and he saved me. He was like what the fuck are you gonna do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, you're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And um, and he saved me from, a which could have been a potential gang rape because I mean, it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito. Right. And there's right. drunk bitch upstairs. I mean, it could have wow. been, it could have been really bad. But one of the guys, wasn't a dick and isn't that so That's, nice wow just that, takes one it just takes because that could have altered your whole experience you know what I'm oh saying? yeah yeah, yeah you know, definitely it would have been that would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college yeah, well especially if they were drunk and they're like all right guys she knows we got to kill her all right that's, 
Our lives are at stake here. Oh, my God. I don't think, I think that they, I don't know. That's what you do with drunk girls, isn't it? In fraternities, you find them, and then they're wasted, and then you all have sex with them. That's what happens, right, in fraternities? Yeah. I mean, I just... (laughs) I, I never went. I skipped that institution. I uh, I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is this is some bullshit. This is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime rapey before. Rapey stuff. It's a lot of hormones yeah, getting mixed and in it's with just booze. Like, and the and thing is, and then we're high school girls on top of that, so that's even like, oh, uh, yeah, like you're definitely prey. That's and strawberries in the fruit salad. Yeah. Right <laughs> and, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've always been afraid of frat parties after have seen what was going on and look I went to art school so we didn't have fraternities right. but well, we went, I went to UCSD so they were all smart guys so that's the thing is I was like oh smart guys they must all not be rapists I, I don't trust but them. I think it, it goes across uh, all and and, and it, you, just because you're going to college doesn't mean you're intelligent although UC San Diego is kind of like a smarty pig you know I've, I've seen a lot of uh, like like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude and then like the uh, the the beta males, the, the like lesser dudes, think that like, oh well, since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then, cause that. I'm better than him. And like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit, like people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the. the so when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like, woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday. Fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> well, at least you. T- Sobriety. Yeah. yeah, I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. <laughs> had me drop her off at the gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do, and just <laughs> drank it till my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. This, Happy twenty-one, dude. Nice. This, this is why they should lower the drinking age. I think to eighteen. Well, yeah. I really. Do. I'm sorry if you're able to go to war and kill people. You I should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because yeah, that's going to fuck you up, so yeah. why not fuck yourself up? <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as, as an introductory sort of drug as opposed to, like, it's a gateway drug. Well, alcohol's a gateway drug. Any, anything yes. is, Prozac is a gateway drug. Fucking, yeah. all of it's a gateway drug. And Oxygen. vitamins, vitamins are a gateway drug. Are you fucking kidding me? Getting people used to the concept of taking something besides, like, a food substance. Like, we've made this pill for you. Yeah. Here, kids, take your vitamins. Here, kids, take exactly. your vitamins. That's just totally a way of, like, an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs. Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore. Conform. I used to take... 
I, I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're... <laughs> they're a way to control they're mind yeah. control to me sure, sure. and I honestly though I'm a bartender I do feel that out of everything drug wise I think alcohol is like one of the worst yeah it is one of the worst, it, but it's so you okay. You don't it's black so out okay. on marijuana. Yeah, I've never smoked so much weed that I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't remember. Any- oh yeah, I just talked to Mike.